0: If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Exodus. This is our fourth sermon called Moses, uh, God's Servant. When I started this series, it was uh, designed for us to see what God expects from us to be servants of His. He's always uh, preparing us for the work He's called us to do. He's, he's uh, called us into a service by saving us and making us the children of God. And today we're going to look about serving God the right way, Exodus chapter 4. Now last Sunday we saw that God called Moses to go to Egypt, like I told the children, to lead the people out of captivity to the promised land. Moses must have thought this was an overwhelming task. Remember his first attempt at leadership, he failed and ran for his life. And for the last 40 years, he has been isolated in the desert, tending sheep. God wants an 80-year-old shepherd to go and confront the most powerful leader in the world and demand the release of about 2 million slaves. And these slaves were essential to the economy in Egypt. For, for, for They'd done the work. They built the cities. This was an impossible assignment. And even if he was able to convince Pharaoh, to let them go, he was still faced with the task of trying to lead this group of men, women, children, and animals, over two million of them, or nearly two million of them, across a barren desert without little provisions and no army to protect them. And when we understand how impossible it is, we see how wonderful and powerful our God truly is. If you've ever talked to someone about God, and if you've ever led someone to the Lord and, and and they've, they've, you, you see the light come on. You see that, that instant where they realize, wow, God loves me. And you can see someone accept Christ as his Savior. You, you become overwhelmed with the fact that I, you have no power to do that. God has the power to do that. And when you feel God working in your life like that, you realize that it, it's not what we are or who we are, but it's who God is. And part of this sermon series that I want you to understand is that Moses was just a normal man. Warts and all, he was not perfect. He made mistakes. The Bible says he couldn't talk well. He, he killed a man in Egypt. He was just a, a shepherd for 40 years out in the wilderness. But he allowed God to use him in a great way because it was God doing the work. And our focus should always be on God. In our Sunday school class today, we were in Revelations chapter 5, and John's in the throne room, and he sees that Jesus takes a scroll out of God's hand and it's the, the scroll of the seven seals he's getting ready to, to execute judgment on the earth. And 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 when when we see that, we understand, we need to understand and see how important it is for us to know that when we pray, we go before God. It's not about who we are, but it's always about Him, about Christ. So we're gonna look at chapter four to see exactly how we can serve God the right way. By relying on him. I know it's kind of strange, but I'm going to read Exodus chapter 3, starting with verse 18 first. Exodus chapter 3, starting verse 18, the Bible says, And they shall hearken to my voice, and, and thou shalt come, and thou and the elders of Israel, and to the king of Egypt. And ye shall say unto him, The Lord God of the Hebrews have met with us, and now let us go, we beseech thee. Three days' journey into the wilderness, that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. And I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go. No, not by a mighty hand. And I will stretch out my hand and smite Egypt and all the my wonders which I will do in the, the midst thereof. And after that, he will let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of Egypt, in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall come to pass that when you go, you shall not go empty. But every woman shall borrow of her neighbor and her, and of her that the sojourned sojourned in her house, uh, jewels of silver and jewels of gold, and raiments. And ye shall put them upon your sons and of upon your daughters, and ye shall spoil the Egyptians. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity, Father. We thank you for uh, being in the midst where two or three are gathered in your name. You're here, and Father, we want to feel your presence. We want to sense the Holy Spirit working in our hearts and our lives to, to change us and to mold us into that servant you want us to be. Because, Father, we're all just a work in progress. And you continue to move and to shape us and to make us what you want us to be. And Father, all we want to do is serve you with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our might. And we can do that through your power. But Father, be with us now as we get into your word. Show us what you'd have us to see. Open up our hearts, Father, to make it real to us. And we love you and we thank you. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So Moses is facing an enormous task, one he's not prepared for one he could never prepare for, but he can count on God. So let's look at chapter 4 now to see how we should serve God the right way. And first, we must depend on God's strength. I'll read verses 1 through 9. I read some of them for the children. Starting in verse 1, it says, And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor will hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, What is in thy hand? And he said, A rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground. He cast it on the ground. It became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. And the Lord said unto Moses, Put forth thy hand and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand and called it, and it became a rod in his hand, that they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, hath appeared unto thee. And the Lord said furthermore, he put uh, unto him, Put thine, now thine hand into my bosom. And he put his hand into the, his bosom, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous as snow. And he said, Put thine hand into my bosom again. And he put his hand into his bosom again, and plucked it out of his bosom, and behold, it was turned again as his other flesh. And it shall come to pass, if they will not believe thee, neither hearken to thy voice, in the at the, the first sign, then they will believe the voice of the latter sign. And it shall come to pass if they will not believe thee, believe also these two signs, neither hearken to thy voice, that thou shalt take the water of the river and pour it upon the dry land, and the water which thou takest out of the river shall become blood upon the dry land. But Moses is complaining. He said, I'll go to the elders of the children of Israel. I will go to them, but they will not believe that I have been with God. There's a reason why we should never rely upon our own strength or talent. It's because they are very limited. And God gives Moses here three signs so the people will know that he was sent by God. And God calls us to work uh, that goes beyond our ability. We can't save anybody. I can't go and grab somebody and shake them and say, be saved, and they're saved. It won't work that way. It's beyond our ability. We don't have the power to save anything. But God has put the gospel message in our heart so that we can go and tell someone, and God does the work. God prepares their heart. He prepares our mouth to say his word. And the two come together, and someone may get saved because God's power is working. And he wanted the people to see that God was working in Moses by these signs. But if you are able to serve God without relying fully upon Him, then you're not serving God. 2 Corinthians 1, 8 says, For we would not, brethren, have you to be ignorant of our troubles which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despised, the, uh, despaired even to life. But we... Had the sins of death and in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raiseth the dead. Paul here was quick to tell them that that the importance of God's presence and His power in their life. That it's the work of the saving God. The affliction they suffered in Asia was more than they could stand. It was more than they can bear. They thought they were going to die. It was beyond their control. There was nothing they could do, but they trusted in God and His power. And God brought them through. Why? Because of him, not because of Paul. Paul later tells us all we need to know in 2 Corinthians 3, 5. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. That takes away the, the idea that you say, well, I can't do that. Yeah, you can. Why? Because your sufficiency is in God, not in what you can do. Moses was worried that people would look at him and not believe. He, that he would, could only see his weaknesses. And this is a problem a lot of Christians have. They don't go and witness because they focus on themselves instead of focusing on the power that God gives them to do so. And so God gives Moses three signs so that the people will believe that, he's, uh, that he has been with God. What signs do you have that you've been with God? Well, I pray that you're a new creature. Old things pass away, behold, all things become new. You're not the same as you were. You're not where you need to be, but you're definitely not what you used to be. God's given you a new name, a new desire, a new home, a new mission. And you're to take all that and show people that I am no longer of this world. I am of heaven, a citizen of heaven. And I'm no better than you, but God in me is better than all. It's the miracle that we're alive spiritually. That no longer we're dead in our trespasses and sin, but we live eternity with him. So God gave Moses three signs, and, and here are the signs. First, um, he turned the, the stick into a snake. Without Christ, we can do nothing. And God was wanting Moses to know that without him, He could do nothing. And that's our power. John 15, 5 tells us, that Jesus said, I am the vine, and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. But with God, we can do great things according to his will. Moses' staff turned into a serpent. He used it to lead the sheep. But God said, you're going to use this staff to show the children of Israel and to show Pharaoh that you serve a powerful God who has power over all creation. When Jesus fed the 5,000, he had five loaves and two fishes, which is nothing. The disciples looked at the, looked at the food and said, this ain't going to feed nobody. But in the hands of Jesus, it fed 5,000, and they had baskets left over. Why? Because when God is in it, miraculous things happen. When God is in it, you're able to do things beyond what you think you can do. Little and ordinary becomes sufficient and powerful when used in obedience to God. The second, Moses put his hand in God's bosom and became leprous, and he put it back, and it was clean. God wanted to show them that him alone has the power to heal. Him alone has the power to punish. God is in control of that. God took Moses from the power of Egypt and humbled him in the wilderness, and God is able to deliver Israel out of the captivity of a powerful king of Egypt. And then finally, he takes water from the Nile and pours it on the ground and it becomes blood. Why? Because the Nile was the life force of Egypt. It was their source of water. It was their source of income. They they traveled up and down the Nile, and God had the power to change it to blood. What miracles do we have to show the world that we've been with God? Well, we're a new creature. We're alive eternally. We have those uh, miracles listed in his word that we know. We have our testimony of how God changed our lives, and we have the, the right way to serve God under his power. Second, to serve God the right way, we must depend on God's strength. And we can't make excuses. Look at verses 10 through 17. And Moses said unto uh, the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since hast thou hast spoken unto my servant, thy servant. But I am slow of speech and of slow tongue. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? And who hath made, maketh the dumb, and the deaf, and the seen, and, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now, therefore, go, and I will be with thy mouth and teach thee what thou shalt say. And he said, O O my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, uh, Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee, and when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. And thou shalt speak unto him, and put words in his mouth. And I will be with thy mouth, and with his mouth, and will teach you what ye shall do. And he shall uh, be thy spokesman unto the people. And he shall be, even he shall be with thee, to thee, instead of of a mouth, and thou shalt be him instead of God. And thou shalt take this rod in thy hand, wherewith thou shalt do signs. So Moses come up with an excuse. He said, Lord, I can't do this. At 40, the Bible tells us that Moses was a man of power, of words and deeds. But now at 80, 40 years as a shepherd, he's impaired in his speech. He doesn't have the ability to speak well. And he has a crushed confidence. And the Lord reminds Moses of who he is. Verse 11 and 12 tells us that, he said, I make man's mouth. I make people to see and to hear and to talk. I make them dumb. I I, I am God. I have power to do this. Trust in the power of God. But Moses wouldn't, and the Lord was angry. But he agrees to send Aaron, his brother, Aaron, who Moses hasn't seen for 40 years, to be the main spokesman. It'll come from God to Moses to Aaron to the people. But verse 17, he tells Moses something very very powerful. He said, Thou shalt take this rod in thy hand, wherewith thou shalt do signs. He said, Aaron may be speaking for you, but I am speaking to you, Moses, first. The signs will be through you, the miracles will be done through you. We've become part of this church so we can work together. But never forget his calling on each and single believer. Moses wanted Aaron to be the one. Moses wanted to sit in the back and let Aaron do all the work. And God said, it's not going to happen. He said, I'm going to speak to you, Moses. You tell Aaron. Aaron will speak. But the miracles will be done through you. You'll be leading the people. You'll split the Red Sea. You'll strike the rock and water will come out of it in the wilderness. You will lead the people through the wilderness, not Aaron. And it's important for us to understand that this church only functions if every member does the work God's called him to do. You can't sit back and let other people do it. You can't, you can't let Aaron be the one to do it. You have to be doing it. You have to fulfill your part. God wants every believer to be a part of a working body of believers in a church to infect the community with the gospel. Every, every believer must see and feel the power and strength of God in their own life to serve him the right way. Third, to serve God the right way, we must be ready for difficulties. Look at verse 18 through 23. And Moses went and returned to Jethro, his father-in-law. Oh, let's see. Yep, that's right. And Moses went and returned to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said unto him, let me go, I pray thee, and return unto my brethren which are in Egypt and see whether uh, they be yet alive. And Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. And the Lord said unto Moses in Midian, Go, return to Egypt, and all the men are dead that sought thy life. And Moses took his wife and his sons and set them upon an ass, and returned to the land of Egypt. And Moses took the rod of God in his hand. And the Lord said unto Moses, When thou goest to return to Egypt, see that thou do all these wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put in thy hand. And I will harden his heart, that he shall not let the people go. And thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. And I say unto thee, Let my son go, that he may serve me, And if thou refuse to let him go, behold, I will slay thy son, even thy firstborn. So here, Moses understands the very difficult things that's about to happen to him. And we must understand that there's difficulties in coming to Christian. In serving God, people are not going to like that. People hate when you mention the name of Jesus Christ. And so there's going to be difficulties we face. And the first one he faced was that he must leave his family and move to another place. Moses had spent 40 years with Jethro, his father-in-law, tending his sheep. He married his daughter, had two sons. His life was there. But in Luke, chapter 14, verse 26, the Bible says, If any man come to me and hate not his uh, father and mother and wife and children and brother and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Harsh words, isn't it? It's harsh words from Christ. Christ says, You better hate everybody and love me more. Now, He doesn't say you have to hate them to be hating them, but He's saying you need to love me first and put me first. And anybody here who's married, who knows the power in God, it says if you love God more than anything else in your life, it'll strengthen the relationship with your wife, it'll strengthen the relationship with your children. Why? Because you put God first. You have to love him above all else. When he told, him, he told Moses to leave and go back to Egypt, Moses didn't want to go. He said, all the people who are dead who wanted your life, go. And he went. If we don't, we just make excuses on why we can't follow Christ. Second difficulty is Moses uh, must face resistance. He must go to Pharaoh and perform the miracles, but God will harden Pharaoh's heart says that. But in Exodus chapter 8 verse 15 the Bible says but when Pharaoh saw that there was respite he hardened his heart and hearkened not unto them as the Lord had said. But God said he'd harden his heart but there it says Pharaoh hardened his heart. Which one's true? Both are true. God knows the hearts of men. He knew the evil that Pharaoh. He knew that Pharaoh was evil. He knew that Pharaoh was not going to listen to Moses. He knew what he was going to do so God let it happen. God let, Moses, let uh, Pharaoh's heart be hardened. Because it was going to take the, 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 the working of the Almighty God in order to get him to move, to allow him to see the power of God working through Moses. Kind of like uh, Judas. Judas was, uh, God's, uh, was uh, Jesus' disciple. He followed Jesus Christ, but Jesus' heart was not where it needed to be. And God allowed that so he could could, um, betray Jesus, so Jesus could go to the cross and die for the sins of the world. And Moses will also see that uh, criticism and opposition will come also, not from Pharaoh, but also will come from the leaders and the children of Israel. We must be ready to stand with God no matter what anybody says. Because opposition will come. Third difficulty is giving a message that people don't want to hear. Pharaoh didn't want to hear what Moses was about to say. Pharaoh didn't want to le- lose all those slaves who'd done all the work. Pharaoh had plans to build more cities, and, and those, uh, those Hebrews were going to do all the work. And as you go out and witness the people, you have to understand that you're giving them a message a lot of them don't want to hear. Proud people don't want to hear the message that Jesus is the only way to heaven, that salvation can only come through the blood of Christ, that you have to have a personal relationship with the Son of God in order to go to heaven, and no other thing is going to get you there. They can't save themselves. They can't work their way to heaven. There's not no many ways to go to heaven. You can't serve any religion you want to. You have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ or you will die and go to hell. It's a hard message for people to hear especially when they want to live the way they want to live. But our Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And that's the message we must tell them, despite the difficulties, despite the opposition. And finally, to serve God the right way, we must work with people who are willing to follow God's way. Look at verses 27 through 31. It said, And the Lord said unto Aaron, Go into the wilderness to meet Moses. And he went and met him in the mount of God and kissed him. And Moses told Aaron all the words that the Lord had, uh, who had sent him and all the signs which he had commanded him. And Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the children of Israel. And Aaron spake all the words which the Lord had spoken to Moses and did the signs in the sight of the people. And the people believed. And when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel and that he had looked upon their affliction, then they bowed their heads and worshipped. Together, Moses and Aaron delivered the signs and the messages. Nothing had changed for Israel yet, understand that. They're still slaves. They're still bound to Egypt by Pharaoh and his armies. They were, they were still having to work and do the work that Pharaoh called them to do. But God worked in their heart to make them believe His promise, and they worshiped God. God heard their cries and was moved to call Moses to service. And we can't serve God by ourselves. We need people. We need a church. We need believers. That's what we come here for. We come here so we can edify each other, so we can strengthen each other, so we can grow this brotherhood of Christians who love each other and support each other so that we can go out and take this message to the world a lost and dying world who desperately needs it. Understand, God hadn't spoken to the children of Israel for 400 years. So when Moses comes and says, I have spoken to God, and God, they say, right. And then they see the signs, and they hear the words from Aaron, and suddenly they understand that God has heard our cries. God has answered. And that's what we're looking for when we go and witness to people. We're looking for people to come to that understanding and say, "What well, you mean God loves me? You mean God, he died for me? You mean these sins that don't hold, God doesn't hold them against me? He's going to take them away? Yeah, as far as the east is from the west. If you'll just believe that Jesus is the Son of God, if you'll just believe that he died on the cross for your sins, you can have eternal life. God is working on the hearts of those who don't believe, just like he's working on the hearts of those who do believe. And this is God's way. It's his grace that gives us. That uh, gives us uh, faithful people to work with. That's what this church is. We come, we're here not by accident, we're here by choice. Why? So we can work together to fulfill the mission of spreading the gospel to the world. And this work is not given to us uh, uh, just to do on our own, it's given to us to do with the power of God. It's not easy, there's going to be resistance. God says it is worth it because you're fulfilling the mission that Jesus started. When he left, he said, go into the world, preach the gospel. And that's what we're called to do. And if we're going to do that, we have to do it the right way and rely upon the power of God. We have to depend on his power. We have to work in his strength. We have to be ready for the difficulties when they come and hold firm to the truth of God's word and work with people who follow God. And when we do that, Revival will come. People will be saved. Lives will be changed. Hearts will be renewed. Souls will become alive. Simply because we allowed God to work through us. Every head bowed. Every eye closed. If you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior, I want you to know that today is today. God is speaking to you. God, give me this message, not just for me to say some words, but because someone here needed to hear that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And only through him can you have eternal life. And it is so simple. We make things more difficult than what they are. But the simplicity is that you call upon him. Tell him you're a sinner. Under, tell him you understand that Jesus is the son that came and died on the cross and you invite him into your heart to save you, you're immediately saved. You're not waiting to get eternal life. You have eternal life then. And then he says, go. Follow me. And you join a church. And you start working for God. You start telling people about Jesus Christ, even though it's going to be difficult. God doesn't promise you easy. But he's promised you to be with you, to give you his power and his strength. Church, if you're here today and you're a member of this church and you're not working, why? You don't get credit for other people's work in your church. You get credit for your work. God says, I give crowns for your faithfulness, for your obedience. Crowns that one day we can lay at the feet of Christ. But in order for us to be what we need to be, in order for us to fill up this church, in order for us to see people come to be saved and, 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 and baptize people, it becomes... a uh, uh, Apparent that we all need to be working together, letting God work in our hearts to move us where we need to go. Loving Him more than anything else, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before You now, Father, and ask You, Lord, to touch us. Lord, I ask that there's someone here who doesn't know You, Father. You'll bl- lay a burden on their heart, lay them lay it so so thick they can't even sleep tonight, Father. That they're just worried about eternity. They they understand they're living against You. And understand what they need to see and what they need to do. is to confess their sins, repent, and believe that Christ is the Savior. And Father, as a church, Lord, help us to understand the work you have called us to do. It's too important, Father, just to, just to sit by and let it happen. This world is grinding to a halt. One day this, the sky will split up and Jesus will be there. His church will be gone. And in the Great Tribulation... Father, while there's still time, Lord, let us please be busy about your work, understanding that you give us the power, you give us the words, you give us the way to go. We just have to be faithful to do. Father, we love you and we thank you. For we ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Let's all stand together and sing our closing hymn of praise. Have thine own way.